This episode, like every episode of Off the Rack, was recorded before a live audience at Comic Pop on YouTube. Join the conversation by subscribing to youtube.com slash comic pop or comic pop returns on YouTube. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. So we're doing something a little different today, but don't get too excited because it's not going to be like this forever. In fact, I would be surprised if it was like this again next week. So I wouldn't worry about it. Neat. This is a comic book show where we take the books from the past week, recap them, review them, tell you what we thought about them, and then recommend comic books that are coming out this week that we think that you should pick up. Of course, we also review uh, comic book related media when that should arise. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Paper Girls adaptation on Prime. We're also going to talk about some comic books, and we're going to talk about a trade paperback that just came out that uh, Tiffany's got a bone to pick with. Should we uh, should we open with that, or should we, actually before we do, we should also address some house cleaning. I like to I like Ooh. to do a little bit of like house cleaning like ahead that. of time. You know, like there's ch- just some channel kind of inventory. Okay, like, what are we up to? What are we doing? Yeah, do it. Well, first of all, before we get started, of course, if you, have, if you gave us a little like, that'd be fine. Uh, that would help us out a little bit. So click that like button and subscribe to this channel. Listen, if you want to see more shows like Off the Rack, Elseworlds Exchange, The Good, The Man, The Ugly, it would be great if we could hit 25,000 subs by the end of the year, by 2023. If that'd we could cool. do that, that'd be cool. That'd be I don't cool. expect that, but if we got to like 20, that'd be fine. 20,000? That's like, it's not much. That's like two and a half. That's like 2.5 thousand subs. It's not bad. Between it's, now and, it's very uh, doable. and and January. I think that's doable. Like, I'm setting realistic goals, but uh, we just have know. to get more engaging. Right. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think no, I can be more I engaging. I think that's it. This is as engaging as it gets. This is um, it. This is us. If you like video games, you should watch Tiffany play them on twitch.tv slash comic pop. All links for everything we do, everything we've got, everything we are is in the description of every single video. I know that people don't really click those anymore, which is why we pin comments typically when it comes to uh, making recommendations or having a, a book available on our sister show, Back Issues, over on youtube.com slash comicpop. Every time we have a new uh, episode of Back Issues, we try to make uh, the book available as a pinned comment below the video. So yeah. check it out there. Uh, I should also mention that we are curating, we're working on, we're reevaluating, redeveloping the Patreon. Yes. So uh, have a look over at YouTube doc- or uh, patreon.com slash comic pop and, uh, and see it before it changes because things are changing. Yes, I'm excited. Big doings. We're, we're working on it. We are working on it. Uh, so if you're a patron and you're probably like, what? I, I did a whole thing and then we had to change it. So, you know, you're <laughs> it up. It was really good, coming. too. I heard it. It was. Thank it you. Was, it was good. I liked well, it. I'm excited to redo it. So uh, don't forget, of course, if you want to sponsor today's show, keep everybody else out of the proceedings. Make sure that you make the show you want to see. Uh, use Super Chats, ask a question or comment here on the show. Or if you catch it after the fact, you can always give it a super thanks or something. Yeah. If you click the like, below like, the video. It's like a heart thing. It's like a heart with a dollar sign in it. Uh, that's like giving a super chat, but without all the hullabaloo of doing it live. Um, so yeah, uh, you want to talk about the, uh, the the trade paperback in the room? Should should I? Why so not? this came out. Supergirl, Supergirl Woman, Woman of, of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, uh, by Tom King and Bilkis Evley. Um, I no matter what I'm about to say about this trade, I still say pick it up. It's only twenty dollars. It's it's actually well, only twenty dollars, which is like kind of amazing. Yeah, not only should you pick it up because it's inexpensive and because the book is great, but also because uh, DC has absolutely no faith in this series. So if you don't pick it up, you may never see this trade ever again. It's very true. I mean, like it is it's eight issues for $20. That's quite the bargain. Honestly, I feel like, okay, yeah, you're just going to be here now. That's right. Cat reveal. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, no, this came out and like I 
fully supported picking this up and did because it's like you gotta you gotta show your support with your dollars you gotta do that sometimes right which it's like oh i hate that i really do in a way i don't know but like that's how businesses work right so like here it is right here's the problem with this trade when you're going through it there are like random pages and panels that are blurry and i went ahead because i had i actually had a bunch of the floppies at home usually we had them at the studio but i had a bunch of them at home and so I, I compared and contrasted them. There's usually a little bit of a, a printing difference because of like the stock of paper that they print things on or, you know, um, the, the size, the, the, the binding, the, the way in which the it's binding. printed. So usually you see that sometimes in the colors, right? And like, there is a bit of a coloration difference in this. This one, the trade is actually a little more vibrant. I don't know how I feel about it, but like it's a little more vibrant. Um, but the paper stock that they chose for this is... Um, it's kind of like a matte. It's like that that newsprinty, not quite newsprint. There's still like, it's not totally matte, right? Yeah, but I know like, that. I know that printing. That's very much like the new DC, like yeah, a new DC way it, of printing trade. It doesn't necessarily do much for the art. Art always looks better on like a glossy, of course. Finish, but like, what are you gonna do, right? That that I can't really begrudge them. But the 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 blurriness yeah so i checked it against it to see like oh did i just miss that and it was in the original printing it was the art like something like that no i went panel by panel for like the the second issue um and there are just times where it's just weird and wrong um now there could be a couple of reasons for that one it could be um they screwed something up right yeah. they, it could just be they messed like something a first up. printing issue could be that the next the next round of books will look a little better right it could be that it could be something in the art itself that um the way yeah, that maybe they, they got this, like a weird copy of the, well, yeah, original. Or that the way that this was printed and the paper it was printed on hid those issues but like some of those issues are really weird and they're often at the bottom of the page Mm. so that like sounds like a printing it's issue often at the bottom of the page where i'm just like oh it's fuzzy now i don't know if you're really going to notice and i don't know if it's really going to be that distracting from the story for you but it was something for me who like really loves like bill because art and um and matt uh, mateus's colors that like i was like ooh, something's funky here um yeah but it's still worth a pick and you up. suspected some fuckery yeah i mean the fact is this didn't get a hardcover um it's a tom when, like king. everything does it's a yeah. tom king release it was it's all a, yeah. yes it's a tom king release it is um you know usually tom's series are 12 issues uh this they were like you're only getting eight like, and we know Supergirl. according to the horse's mouth like the reason is because supergirl don't sell yeah we, we we assume that by eight issues people will just stop reading it yeah exactly um and i'll be honest like uh our local comic book store we checked in with them just to see i was actually there picking up my pull list um and i was looking for this to see if it was on the shelves and i asked them about it and they were like oh and i think they only ordered like one so i don't even know if a lot of comic book stores had faith in this book oh no yeah that's right this is this is a beautiful book though guys I, i gotta tell you the story is utterly incredible so art issues aside it's one of those things where i'm like i question if it's an issue with supergirl or if it's something to be wary of for the future of DC prints and like yeah. their, their trades. Like, so it's like, I, I would love to actually grab another one at some point in the future. I'm sure there's something that we want to grab. That's going to be coming out and kind of compare it to see if there's anything similar. If this is a one-off thing, like, oops, something went wrong at the printer again, because it's weirdly often at the bottom of the page, but not always, it could yeah. have just been something in the run, but where's your quality control? 
Well, I think they fired it because DC certainly uh, no, fired everybody else who worked the for the The printer's supposed to have quality control. There's supposed to be people on press to check pages as they come off to find out if something's wrong. So I don't know. How would they know? I guess that's true. Well, they've got no, the, they, they have the masters. So you have yeah. like something to compare it against. Right. So it's like but they do a again, print. They don't care if they're no, like, if true. they have directions that say like, it doesn't yeah. matter. No, it's that's true. the other reason why I'm like, you should probably get it because like, this is probably it folks yeah and again it's not a huge price tag for this at all no you know when you look at some trades and you look at how much they cost you're like oh my gosh like that's so oh, yeah. freaking expensive right no, this is like an image trade yeah this is really really like cost effective um and it's a it's like a one and done story so you don't yeah. have to worry about like getting involved in a long running series like it's it it's all here eight issues it's all right in this book and i i wish i could say that they were like telling us to promote this or they were like asking us to promote this but this is all legitimately from the bottom of my heart i love this book it has become one of my favorite books of all time and yeah. i've read it more than once and the second read was as powerful and as good as the first read 100 percent. so if you're curious about the series i would wait until wednesday and go over to youtube.com slash comic pop and check out what's coming you i would still grab it I would, just, I would just buy it ahead of time before wednesday just go out and grab it um Absolutely. i think it's totally worth it i just wish that dc cared a little bit more for this book or or if it's the other issue where they or they cared a little bit more for their trades yeah because i i think there's something beautiful about book printing i know sometimes like it's nice when they make the fast cheap versions of things so that everyone can get, get a comic right but i like both ends of the spectrum where like you have beautiful like bound tomes that you can put on display or something that you can treasure forever and this is one of those stories that it's like it's for me it's like kind of a quintessential supergirl story and it's something that is easily accessible by anyone who doesn't maybe know anything about this character yeah so it's like something i'd love to be able to display that said this trade you know if if i can get another one of it like it's so like whatever that like it's easily lendable <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, true so actually i have to lend this to ethan because he wanted to uh, check oh, it out really? after That's our great. after our like talking about it, um, because I mean, the description of Supergirl True Grit. Oh yeah. So at some point we got to hell of a over pitch. to Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you haven't already, we put a link in the comments uh, of this episode, the live comments. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's also on sale on Amazon for like four bucks or three bucks cheaper than you can get at your local comic book store. Uh, but don't worry, your local comic book store probably didn't order it anyway. Uh, but, but you could, I would check with them. Like, if you, like, listen, like, if you just want to get it right now or like, listen, like supporting your LCS is a, is a good reason to do it. And if you have right. the extra money to do so, it's, it's highly... a three bucks. It's like a two to three bucks tax to yeah. support a local business and to help comic books. So but why not? if like, so like if, when you go in to pick up your pull list on Wednesday, ask them about that. Right. Or if you don't have a pull list to pick up, call them first. Yeah. Don't, call don't them make up the trip like... just to find out that they don't have it. Call them first, see if they have it and have them like put it on did. hold for you. Yeah. yeah. So you just went and we're like, where is it? And they're like, we only ordered one. Up, I was picking up my pull list, so it was fine. Yeah. Like I was there for a reason. I'm just warning you. Um, but I gotta tell you that that this book I think is reasonable like enough because Oh yeah. There, there's just something about it. And like I don't listen, listen, you've heard us talk about Tom King books before, right? And I like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's like they're sad in this. This book has some darkness to it, right? Oh, for yeah. sure. But like it's darkness enveloped in hope. Um, because you're dealing with a super. Um, uh, so listen, Tom King's coming out. Like he says it in that interview you did with him that he's like coming out 
on the other side of something, right? That's right. Yeah, he's leaving his like blue period and entering yeah, into a Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a couple like, of interviews with him where like when he wrote Mr. Miracle and when he wrote Strange Adventures, like he was in a different place, even Vision. Rorschach when he wrote Supergirl, well. yeah, he was in a very different place. Mm -hmm. So if you're like tired of like the downer side of it, read this. You're still going to get some darkness, but it's a very different tone. Um, give it a try. Like I said, like, yeah. even, if you, even if you don't know anything about Supergirl, trust me, the story alone, worth it. I think so. I think so. Uh, jumping into some super chats really quick. Uh, Ray Farr helps us out by saying, I was house sitting all last week and I pretty much just watched comic pop the whole time. I love you guys and love the work you goes into this channel. Thank you, Ray. I'm glad we can hang out with you. And uh, uh, man, house sitting is a noble uh, tradition. I like doing house sitting. I loved yeah. doing it when I was a kid. So hopefully you uh, were having a good time. I, I like doing it now. Are you kidding I me? Know, it's pretty great. It's to be nosy. Uh, <laughs> Brian Rollins really enjoyed Superman Space Age, even with Tiff's boy Pariah. And it was good to see Ewing's Ant-Man have Hank Pym without a wife beating reference yet. That's right. That's all. That's that's what it's all about. I think we're going to see some changes there. We'll get into it. But Ray Farr returns because of you guys. I finally physically bought Craven's Last Hunt, Spider-Man Blue and Death of Gene DeWolf. I luckily got them as a bundle on eBay. Hey, that's really love, an awesome I bundle. That now he's my boy pariah. Like, I love that we did War of the Gods where I got to just like completely bitch about pariah for the entire time. Oh, good. Yeah, Very, here's your little guy. Ne <laughs> never without him. Um <laughs> But like I got to complain about him for like a full hour, right? Yep. And now he's like a major player in an event. And I'm like, cool. I know. Cool. And I'm not gonna say that it's our fault, your fault specifically it's not our fault. that someone brought up to Josh Williamson Listen, it's... while he was developing the Dark Crisis that Pariah was a key player in War of the Gods. I I think it's a synchronicity. I don't think so. But because why would you willingly use Pariah? Uh, well, he's the main character of Dark Crisis. I, I know uh, Max M, Amazing Spider-Man 900 was wholly underwhelming, but that backup makes me think that Peter Parker as a librarian would be a pretty good fit. Yeah, I agree with that. That'd be kind of fun. I, I'll take that. A job. Why not? Uh, Matthew Chalaga, ASM, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 900. The first time we see Flash interact with Peter since his death at the hands of the Goblin, and it goes over like a wet fart. Yay, Spider-Man! Yeah, that's the that's the fun of reading Spider-Man on a regular basis. It's just being like routinely disappointed. I'm actually I have a theory about that, and I think the theory is that uh, Marvel is like, oh, that's really working out. How can we fuck that up? Like, I don't know if it's Zeb Wells or if that's just Marvel being like. We, we don't know how to make Amazing Spider-Man a, a series that isn't just being interfered with on a regular basis. Mm. Uh, Eric Wu got around to buying Sandman and Thor Devourer King because of YouTube. Cheers for many years of comic popping my life to YouTube. Firm. That's excellent. Good, um, good taste. Love that. Thank you so much. Fam. Oh, fam. Okay. I agree, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so, so much. I hope you enjoy Sandman. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Uh, Danby 900 Superman Space Age was so good. I know a lot of people are comparing it to DC The New Frontier, which I understand, but it works well. Mark Russell held back on the amount of jokes he usually does. That's nice to know. Yeah. I almost picked that up. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened. I think I what even... happened was I hadn't, since I've got to like reload the gift card thing, I was like, yeah. oh, I'll go back and do it. And then I just didn't. So I didn't get it. So, you know. Yeah. Good, good, good for me. Oh, that's right. I I think we have that. I think someone. I think, yeah. I know what that book is. I don't have it. But I know what you're talking about. Um, Wash you knocked over the drowned. <laughs> uh, authentic apathy. I'm glad you guys remembered Paper Girls because Amazon did fuck all to promote it. 
Yeah, um, unless you had a, an Amazon Fire Stick, then it was all over the place. But if you didn't, yeah. And like what I'm, we'll talk about it later, but I, I'm definitely hearing one thing over and over again when it comes to reviews. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> talk about something else when it comes to reviews when we, when we ah, talk excellent. about it. Um, and I only read, I, just as a heads up, I've only watched the first episode. So like we're not going to be getting into spoiler territory. I'm just going to talk about my like initial reaction to that first episode. That's fair. Of. I will say that when I got off the plane in San Diego, uh, there was a, like motion billboard and on it was paper girls on comiXology oh <laughs> so oh. it was like an ad for the comic i, I was like that's kind of awesome too oh. bad it's on comiXology where it's unfucking readable uh, it's uh, not no if on a, on your app it is totally readable it's just impossible to get a hold of things there we go david pledger uh would you ever cover the authority on back issues i think maybe one day uh although there it, it, it's got to get in line and there's a big long line get in line uh dan v 900 supergirl woman tomorrow just being a trade paperback that blurriness when harley quinn eat bang kill tour gets a hardcover annoys me so much what yeah, yeah. I don't know who's like running that arm of that the publishing who's making those decisions and what their metrics are for that, but it's like they must be looking at something. It can't just be I, a feel. No, there's a the person who used to be in charge is fired. Like oh. the person who knew the who knew the numbers, who could crunch the numbers properly, doesn't work at DC anymore. And so the person in charge of that is no one, and they have no fucking idea. Uh, the Telphonics say, I bought a uh, woman tomorrow, one per your uh, recommendations. Almost done. Uh, it sounds like I should finish before the next back issues. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and like that. So thank you for saying that. That's so sweet. Yeah. Right. Love hearing that. Like we're helping to get good stories into your hands. Exactly. Curative writer. Most recent Justice League Dark Trade has some pro has the same problems. Thought it was just because it was backups from Justice League. Apparently DC, I guess DC has lower quality for books that won't sell. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. There you go. There you go. Okay. So it's just, it's just, they just, it's just less effort. Yeah. Just lesser, for, yeah. like books that they think will be lesser. Don't get the same treatment. Now, again, I'm sure there's like a, a, like listen printing is expensive we talked about that before printing is always expensive and they are a business so i know they have to think about that but the fact yeah. is it's like I, I i feel like you should treat your books more consistently across the board because like right. I, you gotta you, listen there's like shelf porn pictures out there for a reason people care about these things there are discerning yeah. collectors and there are people who just want to get books and like again a 20 dollar trade is very accessible yeah super accessible to just get this and read it and that's awesome and like it doesn't look horrible on the outside no. it doesn't it's just really unfortunate that like you can feel the difference between because i have all the floppies so i definitely can see the difference i've read it also in digital you can see the difference there as well from this yeah. and it's just it's just sad to know that like they're going to make decisions about some like possibly your favorite character and go like you know what that character's not worth it and that sucks yeah, that's kind of messed up. I mean, like, you're a book publishing company. Why are you, like, picking and choosing when it comes to what you publish? And and uh, yet we know that Dark Crisis will probably get a hardcover, so Pariah will be in a hardcover. No doubt. Uh, Dan V900, <laughs> with the Supergirl trade discussion, do either of you ever buy from in-stock trade? Supergirl's half off, and the new releases are 40% off every week. I have, I, I have bought from them. Uh, I don't like waiting six to eight months for my books, so mm. I don't normally buy from them. Uh, but uh, if InStockTrades.com is interested in sponsoring the show, I'd be more inclined to try them out again. But I've certainly bought, I've probably bought like a couple, like a hundred bucks, if not more, uh, worth of books from InStockTrades. Uh, and listen, like 
their 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 packaging as far as the last time I did it is concerned fantastic the prices are real it's not like a scam it's just that it takes a long time for it to come out uh pedro's vengas says uh i'm sorry pedro vengas uh, my supergirl trade was beat up on the bottom of the book so i'm mad i'm hopefully getting a replacement soon yeah did you get it from amazon you got it from amazon not only did they definitely bang up your book but also just send that shit back you really can't see it here because of my lighting but But just send it back just send it just be like nope nope yeah i'm not even gonna bother you give me another one it's and that's and that's another thing though because it's like i i don't know or but, send it back, get your money back, and then go to in-stock trades and order it from there. Yeah. Get it, get it for half off. Yeah, we already had it there, so we couldn't get it at an LCS, and I really wish we had. I wish we'd just yeah. gotten it there, 100%. I agree. Uh, do you want to talk about Paper Girls, or do you want to talk about books? Um, I don't know. We could do some books. I feel like people are here for books, so we could do some books so. and then some Paper Girls and then some books. Yeah, all right. That sounds good. Or you want to just do Paper Girls now and be done with it? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. We could do Paper Girls. Let's do it. All right, Paper Girls it is. All right. Excuse me, sir. Sir. So Paper Girls came out and I'm hearing a lot of I so I read a lot of people in the chat saying like they didn't some people didn't even know it was a show. Yeah. Um now I was very aware of this because I like the story. Um, but also because I went to that um that Brian K. Vaughn, oh look at you, uh panel uh at Baltimore where he talked about like how close they were. They had the pilot, but they uh, that was back in 2021 in October. Yep. So it's taken that long. They had the pilot done um and it had to go through um a series of panels to make sure that they were actually going to release this show here it is ta-da it's here um so it's i think it's a good show i think it's a fun show Oop. sorry i think it's a fun show i think it's a good show however i will say if you read the book like the spirit is there but it's not the same story at all i got my my huge uh <laughs> omnibus of this i guess you want to call it a complete collection yeah, of this that's an omnibus this is, this is a gorgeous book and i gotta tell you we were at zap comics i'm not gonna i, I hate to like just throw a like a uh plug in there hey I, listen they're a good comic strip but they are strip. this is a 50 dollar trade they are doing one of their they have a huge sale i think it's for free comic book day 50 yeah. percent off so i got this for 25 dollars. it's pretty awesome $25, right? Freaking, I love this. I love the cover. I love the inside. Talk about like nice treatment of your books. Love yep. this. Anyway, um, what I ended up doing was I like started watching the first episode. I paused it. I ran and got my copy and I just started kind of going through it page by page just to try to follow along to see what they were doing. And I, I, I got to tell you, there's some things that like are eerily spot on. Like I think the girls, I think they did a phenomenal job casting these girls. I like awesome. all of them as actresses. I think they're doing a really good job with their characters. They look like their characters. Like it's really well done. That said, they definitely started in a very, very different place um, yeah. than the comic starts. And the first episode, just the first episode, because the only episode I watched, really, really dialed down the weirdness. The first issue, it's got some weird stuff that happens. It is. I, re- I vividly remember the first right? issue like, and, the, and how it was like, it, it throws you, not it throws you in the deep end, but it certainly does like play up the fact that it's like, what? Yeah, this it does. It's got like two different fronts for that. One, Aaron has these like crazy vivid dreams, which are beautifully illustrated by Cliff Chung. Um, and we don't start with that at all. We start in the future and then we do a let's go back in the episode, right? No, you don't go to the future. Yeah, we go to the future and we do a let's go back. Um, and then honestly, like when we do see a bit of the future, it's dialed down significantly the first episode from the first issue. And I don't know if that's a we're going to wait and we're going to bait you. Again, I only watched the first episode. Um, 
or it's a they thought it was too much and they wanted to pull it back. Yeah. Um, there's like really weird little moments that like are straight out of the comic book, but they like switch something where it's like that actually happened to a different character. Yeah. Or like that doesn't happen at all. Like there's a lot of little things that are dropped here and there um, from the the first issue or so uh, to that first episode. But like I said, the heart is there a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, the girls, three of the girls in the comic kind of already know each other a little better than they do in the episode. In the episode, it's more like everybody is coming together for the first time. And we see a little bit of everyone's like home life in the episode before we get to meet them really, as opposed yeah. to in the comic or it's really just through the lens of Aaron. Aaron's our, like our main protagonist before we meet the rest of the girls. Right. So yeah, it's just it's just a little bit of different storytelling and i think it's just because you can't typically take a comic and go one for one to a show especially yeah. when it's like you have all of this and i don't know if this is going to get a season two who knows that's the thing right like and that's the problem i think overall it's 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 a larger issue that i certainly uh feel strongly about which is like when they make a show and they only make the first season and then it's like contingent on success and then it's like like look, yeah. look at Look at Sweet Tooth. Have they even filmed any of season two? I, I have no idea. I think they have. I think they actually have. Um, there's like, you know, like there's a couple of things that are missing. Like we, we like there's like a, like a very sci-fi element to the first issue that's like in a basement. And we don't see that. Something else happens instead. Right. Like it, it's just they, they changed up some stuff. And again, I'm sure that was either for storytelling purposes for to make the show stronger versus or... Or they just didn't want to do it. I, well, I don't know. Listen, I, a bunch of teenage kids in the 80s in the basement. I mean, like, you don't want the Stranger Things comparison. So that's the thing. And that's the, that's the number one thing I've been hearing for people who aren't, like, main reviewers. Like, a lot of review sites are going like, hey, stop it with that. The show deserves more. Yeah. But, like, people who are checking this out are going like, this is just a ripoff of Stranger Things. This is just Stranger Things with girls. Actually, this comic started in October of 2015, and the first episode of Stranger Things came out in July of 2016. So, so technically, <laughs> they make Stranger just, Things the ripoffs, just, except just, it's like that's like calling then, that's like I, GoBots calling Transformers ripoffs. Like, oh yeah, no, how's that working out for you? It's more like listen, like obviously the comic was in development for before October of 2015 oh, yeah. to have come out then, right? They must have had a couple of issues under their belt. And Brian had probably been working on the concept, right? But yeah. like, there's also just sometimes weirdly creatives, like who are nowhere near one another or aren't in the same circle. Oh end no, up, there's like it's it's this weird like again, it's, it's the a deep impact Armageddon situation. Yeah, it's just they're not ripping anyone off. It's just oh my gosh, these two ideas came out at around the same time. But yeah. Paper Girls is not a ripoff of Stranger Things, so don't be confused about that. Uh, it's very it's much more sci-fi. Um, than it is Stranger Things, which has like more of a supernatural feel. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. There's a little science hmm. fiction in there, science fantasy maybe. Hmm. But like, it, it's questionable what that is. What you want to call that? Fantasy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, I I liked the show. I liked the first episode, and I would actually like to watch more of it um so i'd like to watch the next um like episode two and then like kind of compare and contrast as i go along um but i was just a little shocked because i know brian was involved with it he was involved with the making of this and so he definitely probably just came along and he changed some things they added some stuff too or like they shifted some things around um in terms of dialogue or plot points that they wanted to make sure were in the first episode and that's just also part of like 
being a creative. You did this in 2015. We're now like, you know, probably six years later when they were filming it. So you have some different ideas and maybe some things you wanted to change. I would say though, this is fine to make into a show, but made me go like, I'm really glad. And I hope that Brian stays committed to never making saga because of how much would probably have to change to make that work. You you know what I mean? So um, I say, go watch it, give it a shot. The first episode I think is only like, 35 minutes it's not a big commitment for the first episode check it out take a temperature on it see how you feel about it i think there's eight episodes total yeah i could be totally wrong about that i I might just have eight on the brain because of supergirl yeah um but i think it's worth a watch you know if you're having dinner or like you're just relaxing for a minute throw it on just like there are eight episodes yeah yes i remembered it um but give it give it a watch like i said um and then if you like it you're going to get a lot more in here. There's a lot more story in the comic itself. So I'd recommend also grabbing that. So that's what I, that's, that's my, my little paper girls corner there. there. You, go. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I assume people were yeah. going to ask about it. Oh yeah. To find out that most people didn't know about it or were like, Oh, what? Like exactly. No, you know, it's uh, just, there's so much content out there. There's exactly. So much content out there. And I feel bad. We didn't get a chance to even talk about it beforehand. And I wish we had, but it's out now. It, it just came out. It actually yep. like dropped a couple of days early, like either by accident or on purpose. Yeah, I so, heard it was an accident. I, I texted you. I was like, hey, 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 watch. <laughs> like, it's out, apparently, by yeah. accident. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely go check it out. I think it's worth it. And like I said, that first episode is not a huge time commitment. A lot of first episodes tend to run an hour, and some people are like, I don't know, an hour? It's like it's like 35 minutes. Come on. Just yeah. give, give it a try. Right. <laughs> and then but, and then read it, too. Trust me. And the thing is, like, it'll only take you 35 minutes to read a few issues of paper girl. So you should just read that. And it's Cliff Uh, Young's art with Brian K Vaughn's writing. And like, I love listening Brian talk about Cliff because he's like, man, like, you know, the problem is these, these artists, they all of a sudden they realize how smart and how great they are at creating things. And they run off and they leave you and they go and make their own books. And like Cliff did do that. He made a Catwoman lonely city. So it's just, it's just so funny because like he has such um, respect for Cliff and like, they're like I love Brian and Fiona Staples working together, but Brian and Cliff Chung, they also make a beautiful, beautiful book. So read the or read the book and watch the show. I think you have a nice time. Uh, Dan V mentioned uh, this is how you know Amazon doesn't care about Paper Girls. The whole season dropped at once and not three episodes and go week to week like Invincible, The Boys, Miss Maisel, etc. Haven't seen it yet. Uh, you should check it out. But yeah, um, I mean, I think that I, I I think there's a reason for that, and I think the reason is because the last Brian K. Vaughn property to come out <laughs> was Why the Last Man, and it yep. tanked. Mm. And I think they're like, uh oh, because I think Paper Girls has been in development for a while, and I think they're yeah. kind of like after the failure of Why the Last Man, they were like, oh shit, just drop the whole damn thing and see what mm. happens. Like we we don't have time to like play the long game on a show that no one's gonna watch mm-hmm. theoretically. Um, I hope it does. I hope I hope it does well. But oh, no, you know, I I do too. Happens. And I've seen some like you know people who watch it do really really like it. So ignore if you That's hear good. anybody out there like giving it a hard time about it like being just a rip off of Stranger Things. Don't listen to them. Go watch yeah. it yourself. Trust me. Like yes, is it set in the eighties? And yes, are there kids on bikes? Yeah, they were but, all like, on bikes in the eighties. Like, there are kids on bikes today. Like you, like like <laughs> yeah, kids they were can't actually, drive. <laughs> genuinely, I was I was driving home from something a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there were like eleven kids on bikes just yeah. taking up one of the lanes, and I was like, 
yeah. get the hell out of here. Listen, some of, them, well, some of them do scooters, some of them do like the one wheels, but you're still going to see kids on bikes. So it's like, you, you can't just look at that and like think to yourself, oh, it's like a darker, How derivative. A darker yeah. adult series about kids in the 80s on bikes. It's like, okay, what do you want kids on like skateboards? Like that's more derivative. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ray Farr says, this is for cat. Give treats and pets. Don't <laughs> worry, he's covered. Give, I can give the pets. Yeah, there you go, buddy. Uh, John Jay's with Ennis about to drop a new Punisher. Will you guys do Punisher Max on back issues? One day. You know, we have uh, we have we have a couple of omnibuses, actually. So I wouldn't be surprised. But it's, you know, it's tough because like uh, Garth doesn't do great. The last time Punisher, Garth's Punisher came on to back issues was only a few months ago. And it did very, very badly. Yeah, but how did how did how did Reptilian do? Yeah, it did fine. <laughs> hey, yeah. I, I like I like that uh, comic strip said Sally must have been terrified of those kids on the bikes. It was it was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, no, it was fine. They were just like, but they had no regard. They were just dry, you know. And the, I'm talking like teenagers here. Like I'm talking a pack of wild teenagers on bicycles. <laughs> oh my god! And they gosh. were just they were just in the road. Like I'm invincible, and I'm like, well, you like, ain't. Like but, you're straight but, up not. But you think you are, and right? Like, but like there is an element not, of it though. where you kind of are, though. Right, because like, like this crazy stuff happens. You're like, oh my gosh, I could have oh died. I, I could have died. Yeah, but I did and, and and statistically, one of you may have. Uh, <laughs> Dan V says, "Don't worry, Sweet Tooth finished uh, in June. That's great. Good for them." Uh, and John Jay's uh, that the rights for Saga were already sold. Yeah, but like, who knows what happens with that? Um, well, how about this? When did that come out? Because in I, listen, Brian needs money, man. Like, we'll just start a fund. Like, don't let Saga be made because, like, in like I said, like in October in Baltimore, he was committed to not doing that. Yeah, literally last October, he was like, no. That's uh, Matthew Trelaga book recommendation: Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman. It involves Batman and Wonder Woman solving a murder mystery in the world of Celtic mythology. Okie dokie. Thank you for your support and uh, thank you for the suggestion. Um, hopefully, our intrepid mod is dealing with these chatbots. Uh, Storm King had a chance to check out FF1234 from GBU. Any chance to see those on back issues? Would love to hear Ethan and Ben's opinions. Be well and stay safe. Uh, I think it's in trade. I may pick it up. It's. Uh, I remember reading the rest of it eventually, and I'm like, this is actually pretty dope. It's Grant Morrison's Fantastic Four, and I would check that out. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chase Wellings. Hey, guys. Currently reading Claremont's run on X-Men and was wondering what's a good stopping place because before it's just a 90s art orgy. Thanks. Uh, this We'll let you feel bad because that's you know it's funny because like I like the first issue of X Men is like is Claremontian but also like he's off by issue three and then it's like a mess. I I don't know man like you know I but I'm not a big X Men guy you know like I've read it but like you know like Fatal Attractions uh, you know maybe that before Onslaught certainly but then again Onslaught also sets you up for Heroes Reborn and. And the new era for like a post bankruptcy Marvel. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think just I would read other titles like Excalibur and stuff. Try try some of that. Because um, there's a, there's no shortage of X-Men titles out there no, uh, during that, especially during that time. Yeah. Um, and. Sorry, uh, Harishi Venkatesh talked about Claremont Gambit yet. No, uh, but we should because I know Tiffany read it. Uh, so yeah, what do you say, Tiffy? Yeah, do you want me to just talk about it now? I think so, because like, there's no good time for to talk about Gambit. <laughs> What's wrong with Gambit? You, you you give me one thing that's wrong with Gambit. His his Mackie series. That's not his fault. 
No, that's Howard Mackey's fault. It's not Gambit's fault. Yeah. It's not Gambit's. I wish I kind of wish that Howard Mackey had gotten this because like, you know, he wrote the Gambit book. You'd rather and not that, have you don't want Chris Claremont back on like an X book. You know, I think I, I honestly feel like Claremont's time has come and gone. And every time that they hire Chris Claremont to do an X-Men book, he just does whatever he wants. And it's like not it ain't worth it. You know, well, like every is, time he comes back, it's not like, yes, he's fixed it. Like, no, he's just going to do his own continuity. Well, and, no, but this is, know. this is like, supposedly this is taking place in the past and like they reference like what they're talking about. And so it's like, it's like kind of like a, supposed to be like sort of like one of those filler books. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I like know. Like with Spider-Man. Yeah. He's supposed to be the third summer's brother. Well, yeah. According to him. Like, so he, I don't think he's ever going to stop thinking like that, but whatever. It's, I, and I, I think this is, Maybe only four issues or something like that. Maybe I'm sure. How about There's this? No way Marvel's gonna. Maybe give it's more five. Than... Maybe it's five issues. And and the only reason I say that is because Comicsology only showed me like a total of five issues. There you go. Okay. <laughs> They're like to pre-order. Um. Because yeah. like, please just buy this now. Uh, it's written by <laughs> Chris Claremont by and with art by Sid uh, Cotian. Mm-hmm. Cotian. I don't know. Cotian. Maybe. Yeah. Um. And I got to tell you, it has an older feel to it. It's weird. It's like simultaneously modern because of the coloration or the coloring like technique. Yeah. Um, but feels old, like almost like yeah. a recolored book. It, it's okay. like it really kind of messes with your mind for a little bit. And then you kind of <laughs> go, ah, OK. Well, the, the cover has like what looks like 90s-esque enhanced pencils. Yeah, the cover is busy in that 90s way. That's right. Yeah. Like, Which I kind about- of certain like 90s that. covers that are just busy yes and, and it's only got two characters on the cover like there's not much going on but it's still no. it's busy but like it, it it busy there's lines and there's action and there's effects and there's you know windows like there's just a lot going on here yeah for sure fair. and of course this is in the wake of uh gambit's dead currently in yeah. the uh knights of x book so he's out so it's like hey look it's gambit <laughs> um hey, with, gambit. hey sandwich me <laughs> and i flop you in the <laughs> mouth i literally it's like they have ruined pete holmes <laughs> and what's his name have oh, just yeah totally ruined the way i hear the word or that like yeah the name gambit said that's right like just i still hear x-men animated series voice but i hear hey gambit, hey, I'm like, gambit. <laughs> <laughs> damn it <I> why <laughs> um you this is like a time period in which um storm is a child yeah why is gambit a full-grown adult because she got turned into a child by nanny and orphan maker ah okay and so she's a kid and so, you know, we're dealing with some Shadow King stuff and like it, it's basically like four. I think it's going to be like a series of like adventures that all have like a common through line. But like Chris Claremont gets to write about characters he wants to write about. You oh, know sure. what I mean? Um, it it overall had a pretty like from the past vibe to it. Of course, it is set in the past. So like. You know, there's like a guy walking on the street and he's got like a big, huge, ridiculous cell phone that he's like talking on. He's a big business guy, right? <laughs> uh, Gambit's trying to teach um, Aurora to be like a thief, a better thief. Uh, she can't really rely on her powers right now. They don't really work uh, accurately. 
or like all the time. So like he's trying to train her in the way of thieving. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it, there's like some really cute moments and I don't know how they play for everyone else, but I was like, oh, that's cute. Like they steal from a guy and then like part of the initiation is for her to give it back to him. So like she has to like pick his pocket and then like unpick his pocket right okay and yeah. so she's like why did we to do one but nothing yeah not she's like he's like she's like why did i do that and he's like because it was part of the test i just want to see your skills right uh-huh yeah um and she's like but you're not here to like make money you're here to like, show we, off. we will and like so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna break into that guy's house right oh. and so like you know i like you know we have some information that like there's like motion detectors here here and there whatever like you have to find a way in so she thinks she's gonna go through the chimney and of course she can't do that you know she looks into the chimney it's santa dark claus. she's got a flash what she's not santa claus well <laughs> i mean that's one that's you know if you it, like santa is an omega of a mutant so like <laughs> they true. they could just call on him yeah to, to me my santa um <laughs> to me my reindeer oh my gosh yes to me my elves um <laughs> but uh no because of her claustrophobia um right. so it's too dark it's too tight she can't do it so she like finds another way in she finds a, a window with like a, a motion detector on and she she like hopes her powers work enough makes a little spark it just goes Ugh, and like cracks it open right okay to find gambit inside already taking money out of the safe and she's like why did i do this <laughs> and he's like she's like how did you get in here he's like oh yesterday when you were like putting that guy's stuff back and taking things from him i uh you know i i took his keys and I made a copy of them. And so mm -hmm. I, I just, I let myself in. Yeah. She's like, so she makes a little rain cloud that just rains over Gambit. Yeah. Cause she's like mad at him. And I love that. I love like child storm making a like physical rain cloud to show her displeasure with someone. Like <laughs> that's really funny to me. Yeah. Um, but again, it's all, medium. let's play with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about, um, you know, her being tested by Gambit. Right. The book kind of makes a leap where we're like, all of a sudden we're going to talk about the Shadow King. And I'm like, so we like talk about Gambit's part of it. Like Gambit wants to train her. Right. She wants to get vengeance on the Shadow King for what he's done to her. Of course. And so like, you know, he's hopped into uh, an FBI agent who he's also trying to get into the head of Moira McTaggart, which I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Clearly, I feel like this is also Claremont going like, I don't care for what you're doing right now on Krakoa. <laughs> so I'm just going to use these characters because what I do here doesn't really affect what Big you're time. doing there right like yeah. i'm just gonna do what i want mm -hmm. um so um like aurora like is hellbent on this and like gambit like tries to kind of talk her out of it in the way gambit would where he like questions and does all this stuff but she's like she's committed he's like okay um inevitably uh they run into a character that uh gambit knows named sabine and she's training a bunch of little tiny girls like urchins yeah mm -hmm. to be like warriors um aurora gets put into the middle of it there's a challenge made it automatically made me think of her with the morlocks um she doesn't stand down from it she goes for the challenge gambit and sabine have a conversation about the shadow king and she's like that's why i'm here right to get these kids out of here because like we sent them here to train but like if we had known he was here we would have not done that right like that's a bad idea aurora ends up actually beating this girl even though like initially it seems like the girl's gonna have the upper hand and mm. uh sabine's like well you've made some enemies here today and like gamut's like well that's gonna happen from time to time anyway have a good day right um aurora's like pretty set in like her like we're gonna get shadow king she ends up like throwing food at him from like off panel <laughs> yeah he, he figures out that she's there and he's like okay i've got plenty of time i will get you yeah. but like 
we'll, 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 not right now. I don't have to worry about that at this moment, right? Gambit shows her how not ready she is at one point because she's like, yeah, like I'm awesome and I'm amazing and I, I totally like hit him and I beat that girl and it's dope. He uses his staff, um, you know, that like. Oh, I didn't read in the file. He's got a staff. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Damn you, Pete Holmes, and your <laughs> and your stupid humor from like a decade ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, too bad we didn't watch your show when it was actually airing. Oops. Your timely references are lost on everyone here. Um, if you, when you're done watching this video, do yourself a favor and search that. It's <laughs> yeah, check it's, out Tom Middleditch and freaking Pete Holmes making fun of Gambit. Tell you said middle bitch. Mm. He's a middle bitch. He's a mid bitch. He, he is middle ditch, but yeah. <laughs> um, but he uses his staff and he like takes her feet out from underneath her. She lands on her back and then Gambit puts his foot on her chest and her staff and his staff like on her forehead. And he's like really pushing down and she gets really upset. She's like, it's hurting me. Right. And he's like, I just wanted to make a point. Mm -hmm. Like of like how not ready you are for this. And she's like, don't do that to me again. And he's like, just stop me from next time. Right. And I'm like, right. Gambit should not be in charge of people of children at this stage <laughs> in his life. Right. Exactly. I mean, he's given her a real, like, good lessons here, but, like, I feel like he's not quite there. He's not quite Gambit has a lot of cats that he cares for. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. We go to space because we're it's Claremont. Claremont. It's an X-Men book. We're going into space, right? <laughs> um, where Bounty is uh, turning in a bounty, and uh, she's look, got her eyes on her next target, uh, of course, uh, Lila Cheney. And uh, she figures that like Lila can be caught by like getting someone that's close to her. So she's going to, he's, she's going to go after Gambit. And okay. so that, that's where we're at. It's fun. It's silly. If you read X-Men during this period, I, you're probably going to dig this, right? Like you're probably going right. to like it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Like, you know, it's just, it's just Gambit being Gambit. Yeah. And I, and sometimes I just want that, honestly, like I, and as like, because you do like like family man or not family man, but certainly like cat owning husband Gambit. I do, I do like Gambit, but like I also like X Men animated series Gambit. Like I like a lot of variety of Gambit. Sure. I didn't like movie Gambit. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to like. That's a Gambit I didn't like. No, <laughs> that's fair. If you messed that up, I don't know. They were um, gonna do it twice. We almost got Channing Tatum Gambit movie, oh, and that would have been a mistake. It's not good. Um. Good, good stuff. Uh, if you want to blast in the past, I, I say go grab it. If like Krakow is not your bag, uh, but you still missed vomiting on, on the X Men, and you happen to like Gambit centric stories that are written with a like Cajun accent, <laughs> that's what you're going to find here. Yay! All right, cool. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad and, that Gambit was fun. Right, and it's also like it's an unhitched Gambit. Now Gambit still gets to like occasionally like make passes at people now that he's married. Um, but it, you know, and like at if you're re if you're reading X Men or like watch the show with like Gambit and Rogue, like you know that like Gambit has a thing for Rogue. So like anyone he hits on or dates, like it doesn't really matter. At least in your maybe, yeah. at least in my head <laughs> canon, he's like right. I'm always devoted to Rogue, even if we can't be together. Um, right. But this is like a very freewheeling Gambit. He, yeah, he, he does what he pleases. Exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't remember if we actually covered this one, but Terlaga says uh, Sweet Two Season Two is officially in post production, currently slotted to be 2023. Well, that's okay. what I thought. I thought they were like it was coming out. I wonder how old this kid got or how big. This exactly, kid got. fast, older than older, faster than ever. Yeah. Uh, Ray Far, how do you feel about omnibuses? I want to build up my collection, but these damn things get expensive. Are there any good sale re- seasons for comics? So, uh, I don't really care for them, honestly. I think they're kind of like too much. Like I think that they like, especially because like they they they're quicker to like disconnect from the spine and you yeah. got to upkeep and stuff i think it's easy i think it's better to just have trades yeah um, but like some people like that look because like let's be honest like I, this isn't necessarily an omnibus but it is like quite a large collection here right yeah this looks good there's like, a lot of youtubers out there with like a whole host of yeah, omnibuses it's, it's, behind them it's shelf porn right but i mean like it look is. at that like that that looks good and that would look yeah. good on a shelf right um yeah. i am a little worried of course about the binding breaking on this um as it's red but yeah i got it on sale so I'm less concerned about that. And so what I would recommend is um, if you have a local comic book store, you know, find out if they have sales or if you have other stores in your area that maybe you don't frequent very often, find out if they have sales and make a trip out to them just during that time period. And maybe you can grab some there. I would also recommend maybe um, checking them out on Amazon occasionally too, because like sometimes you'll like, you'll just drop in on something and it's like 40% off and it's like, yeah. I don't know why, but there it is. Um, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, you could also check around on some of the other um, websites uh, that might take them a little longer to get them to you. I don't know what the shipping on that's going to be, at least with Amazon. You know, you got like get a little wiggle room there with Prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but they might also have some sales. Uh, young Goku over 9000 uh, finally got around to reading Strange Adventures. Never knew how, uh, how about Mr. Terrific. Now I love him. Remember that time he slaps that old man for slapping him first classic. Uh, yes, uh, Strange Ventures is not only an amazing series, but also is a great uh, character showcase for Mr. Terrific, who's had his own series multiple times, and he's a really fun character in his own right. Uh, if you like that scene, you may enjoy the movie In the Heat of the Night, starring Sidney Poitier, of course, who was the uh, character slash visual inspiration for Mr. Terrific in that book. Uh, and In the Heat of the Night, uh, he does slap, I believe, a police officer and uh, for slapping him. And it's it's really dope, but it's a fun sequence. And it's also like it might be one of the first times you see like a black man slap a white man in a movie. So it's like it's it's got some it's some important. Cinematic it's history. Got some heft, yeah, exactly. And the fact is, like Tom King love movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, how that works. And I and I yeah, like Strange Adventures, like I it's like it's funny because that, that is just a title from DC's history, right? Like that's yes. just a title and it, it really makes you think of Adam Strange and it is an Adam Strange story, but it's really Mr. Terrific story. Yeah, it's like, Mr. Terrific is the protagonist. Yeah, like, and um, he is freaking incredible. It's like, yeah, Batman who? Like that's how that, yeah. that story makes me feel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's way smarter than Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll talk about Ant-Man because like, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, from uh, Al Ewing and Tom Riley. Uh, this was just like, I remember this book being talked about slash solicited, and uh, there are some pretty impressive, uh, fun graphic covers, uh, yeah. not unlike this one right here, which like showcase the different uh, eras slash types of Ant-Men throughout history. Mm. Uh, and uh, this is very much a Al Ewing book where it is like, if you liked his immortal Hulk run, you know that he did his history and he cares about Marvel or at the very least he does his history about Marvel. And so he showcases it. This is a Hank Pym issue. Uh, it is, sh- it is told from the perspective from the book ended from the perspective of an Ant-Man of the future. And he goes back in time. And then we get to see like an actual kind of like tales to astonish, like 
era Ant-Man. We watch like we, we were reading and Al Ewing approximating Stanley and doing this kind of like very like 60s uh, in terms of not just like tone, but also visual style. Tom really does a great approximation of that period and showcases like a little adventure that Ant-Man had gone on and uh, how many different Ant-Man had touched his life, even if they maybe never existed before that period, because uh, we have we have hindsight now. So like Eric O'Grady is in this book and the uh, Scott Lang appears in this book and Hank Pym touches all their lives during like one little infinitesimal adventure uh you know in which he is like a, a, attacked by like four of his greatest nemeses who are also like utterly forgettable because they're ant-man villains um mm-hmm. it, it's a it, it it feels like not to put too like much of a, a a joke on it but like a smaller story but couched against al ewing's fantastical nature of uh of marvel so it's like it's about time and also about legacy uh without it being about like people's children uh and and i and i'm i'm hopeful that there's an opportunity here because every time they get a chance to undo the slaps they never do we could now with time travel and future ant-man so maybe we should please like just unmonsterize uh hank pym because listen like i am very much of the opinion that like marvel's protagonists are fun because they're fallible like peter parker is a is is oftentimes an idiot and mm-hmm. screws up and he is not uh colored favorably in many of his adventures particularly his earlier ones when they yeah. weren't afraid and when marvel wasn't like deliberately trying to fuck it up uh, and when I say that, I don't mean like they're trying to make Spider-Man unsellable. I think that Marvel's deliberately just like getting their hands into the, they're like, Hey, like I, I own the restaurant. What are you doing? Chef? Right. Uh, I'm just, I'm just making the menu, man. You hired me because I'm really good at what I do. So I'm just making this thing. Cool. 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 Let me just have a look at this and just mix it around. Okay. You're actually kind of scrolling, like screwing up my rhythm and you don't know how to cook. That's what you hire me for. It's like, yeah, but I own the restaurant though. Right. Right, that, right. That's, well, that's Marvel well, when it comes to Spider-Man. Well, you've got the irredeemable Ant-Man. Now you've got the unsellable Spider-Man. That's right, and he certainly is like they're certainly on their way. Uh, but yeah, your irredeemable Ant-Man's in this book. It's like, but you have <laughs> to see like all, and I, I feel like we're gonna see like a kind of, I don't know, like greatest hits kind of what anthology of what like, impressed Ant-Man. me most about it because i kind of skimmed through it honestly because i was like i really kind of want to check it out and i just i forgot i'll be honest yeah. with you, i totally forgot um which is not good for a book um (laughs) but like the art style shifts yes um and how it like it is set in a very distinct time period and like even has writing similar to that like it's it's cheeky and it's fun and like when you get to the end and it shifts to like i guess what is going to be kind of the main art i'm like oh it's really cool looking the other art's also great but like it's really nice to see and like i'm looking forward to if there's going to be more art shifts or not even if there isn't this was really nice i think there is because riley has proven like he can do it Mm. and so i hope there's more uh, it could be that he just is really like suited to approximating the 60s but yeah i don't know it's just it's it's good stuff and they they're they're really doing something somebody in the comments said that hank pym's not a monster he hit his wife man there's nothing that's the point is that you can never come back from that 
You know, like yeah. there is a central plot point. In well, Preacher. unless you're talking about when you're talking about Peter Parker not being a monster. I don't no, know. Peter Parker is not a monster, except for the fact that he backhanded his wife across a room one time and they never retconned that out. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can't walk that back. And Hank Pym's never been able to escape from it, despite like good runs and, and there were and there were multiple opportunities where they could have said like oh it was this oh he's a scroll oh he's a robot oh it's not they, they could have done it at any point and they just won't They're just like no i also can like see you can like fourth dimensionally look at this book and it's like oh man this will be a trade by the time ant-man and the wasp quantumania comes out nice yeah good yeah. job uh so hopefully it's cool um, there was something else that came out this week that i had that exact same thought about and i don't remember what it was Mm. Oh, well, I'm sure it'll come up, but uh, I, I recommend it. If you are, if you are on the fence, ever, if you are ever like, oh man, Ant-Man, I'd try that out. Read this. Cause you'd reading a new book that looks great written yeah. by a writer you love. And it features a character that will like also show the history and legacy of that character, or at the very least that mantle mm. uh, throughout time. And also introduces a new, ev- a new future Ant-Man. And that's kind of fun. What a neat yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, it's a, it's a utterly harmless book that will at least get its run if nothing else. And, mm. uh, and it's, I think that's worth in, uh, investment. So, uh, yeah. What else did you, uh, did you read Tiffany? Um, okay. Uh, that's a good question. I read quite a few things. Uh, let's just really, I'm just barely going to touch on it just to say that it's, it's still good. Um, but nightmare country came out this week. Yes. Hang on. I want to make sure I get the, I, I never can remember the okay. So it's Sandman Universe Nightmare Country by James Tynan the Fourth with art by Lissandro Estherin. Okay. Um, really, I love this book. I think it's super super fun. And honestly, listen, it, it's no like not well, spoiling anything to know it's about the Corinthian, right? So if you're talking about the Corinthian, you're gonna make reference to the Doll's House volume, and yeah, that's they what do. we're getting at. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Tynan Tynan knows the stuff inside and out um so that was like a welcome revisitation to that like listen i love um the 24 hours comic from preludes and nocturnes i think it's some of the darkest stuff that like has been written by well there's other darker things but it's quite a dark storyline yes for me though like the doll's house like it sits with you yeah like there's something about that volume that like it gets in there and it just stays with you. And that's my kind of like darkness and horror, like something that like clings to your soul for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> that's why I think yeah. I like Junji Ito is I'm like, I just want it to stay with me. I just want it to I, be like that all the time. I yeah. just want it. I just want it to be like dark at night. And then like that to come out and be like, Hey, remember Don't that? I'm this. like, Oh, yeah. cool. Thanks. <laughs> the the whispering horrors that surround me at all times um but yeah it's just it's consistently good i like the art um it's you know again it's not game and writing for this right like and that's fine it's a very different voice other never people will have, be. no it's true other people have <laughs> tackled the dreaming you know what i mean like that, yeah. that's happened before plenty of other writers not even just recent ones but long past they've gotten in there they've played with characters this one though in particular for me like has a quality that makes it feel like it fits in Like Tynan's doing a really good job of like bringing his own voice to the table, but making it feel like it fits in the overall like um, tone of that game and set down. So, yeah. Yeah. And I remember you, uh, you gave, you gave DC a lot of your time and money when it came to um, when they invested in Sandman again. And you were not that you were disappointed, but certainly it it didn't stick with you. Mm. Yeah. But this does. Yeah. No, I mean, like I did. And like, they like, be honest that book did pay homage it's just the issue is that like it was about a sandman i didn't have as much of a connection to and it's just 
I have likes al- Daniel Hall? I have Come always on. struggled to connect to Daniel. Um, and that's probably just me. I don't think you're meant to. I think that Daniel's introduced so that Neil can be like, and now I don't have to do this anymore. Like now there's a new Sandman. I mean, maybe. I mean, I think that's just the story he wanted to tell. Like I Gaiman's story first, let's be honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't really think about those other things. It's funny, like how much like preludes and nocturnes, like when when you read it the first time, cool. When you read the second time with the like, you know, meta reading of Gaiman thinking that this was never getting off the ground, it's like, okay, yeah. there's there's the story, right? And then right. it's like when the dollhouse hits, it's like oh we're in it for the long haul and that's really where it all like starts mm-hmm. so like for him he's just in it but like dc does what dc does with the dreaming um you know i stuck around with that for a while because Evelyn was doing art over there as well which really yes. did help out quite a bit keeping me invested the story was there again i just don't care about daniel it, that's not the writer's fault that's not their no, fault. Exactly. exactly i just don't have a connection there um but i do really like this grim gritty horror show that's going on with the corinthian but that's what you're going to get you're dealing with the corinthian you're getting that so yeah yeah <laughs> So what else we got, Tiffany? Because I only oh. have like one or one one book, one more book. Okay. I did Spider Man last week. Right, I, right, right. Or not this? Was it? I have, last, I have, I have three more books. All right, great. Um, I'm hyped because I got one more, and I think you're gonna be very excited about it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I read Strange this week. Yes. Uh, How we Str- doing? How we ramping up? We're. I mean, like. Oh, so, Jed McKay. What Moon Knight? It's not Moon Knight. It's Shadow Knight. Oh. Um, so it's a strange number four written by Jed McKay with art by uh, Marcelo Ferreira. I think that's how you yes. say that. Um, we were ta- like last time this came out, which feels like it was a while ago. But it like, but yeah, it I think doesn't it was. At the same- Listen, July was a really weird month for me where like it July really just was. went away. So like, I can't tell if it's been a minute or if I'm just like in a weird or if I'm like, freaking time out. vortex. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like we knew that like Clea's mom was coming to dinner. Umar was coming to dinner, which is like a fun concept to deal with. Like, let's be yes. honest, like she's a warlord. She's of the fall teen. She's Dormammu's brother. Like there's a lot of layers there, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's a villain. Clea had like, you know, married one of her antagonists. Like there's, there's a lot going on there. Right. Yes. And so, McKay's really going to delve into that. And so you are going to get an Umar coming to dinner kind of thing. Uh, she insults Wong. So Wong, like Clea does a, a hilarious, like she can't help herself with her mom. She's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Hey, could this, I'm so sorry. Could you just, could you take the, you should just go. You should just leave. You just, you don't want to be here for this. This is not, mm-hmm. no, don't go. They have like as close to a heart to heart as you can have. With the two of them, Umar makes sure. really big assumptions about Clea's plan. She's like, well, you planned all of this. That's why you got close to Strange, was that you could become you know, the Sorcerer Supreme, Supreme of Earth. Like, you were playing yeah. the long game. I didn't even know it. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Clea's like, wow. What? You don't, you don't know me at all. Cool. Yeah. You're like literally the world's shittiest mom. Like, awesome. Like, I just, I'm just projecting what I would do onto you because I yeah. assume you're a miniature version of myself. And- and trust me, I know there's plenty of characters out there that could be part of the world's shittiest mom club in comics. But like oh, Umar, totally. she's up there. She's up there. Um, but while this is all happening, um, they're they're attacked. The the, the sanctum is attacked, and uh, it all goes to shit. Right? It's it's the blasphemy cartel. They use a missile that's holding like a dark gin, and so it oh. like hits the wall and like like basically breaks through the spells. So is um, it a magic missile? Yeah, they used magic missile. Oh, 
They attack the darkness. Yeah, is one of them a sorcerer of light? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so. I was wondering why they had to use magic missile. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so there's like a dope fight. That's when Shadow Knight is released. And much like before with Thunderstrike, it's just a body that's holding a whole bunch of like ghosts, essentially. <laughs> so they're like super powerful, though, because of that and like are magically inclined and can actually kind of break through um, like both women's like personal spells and such. So here's where like Jed McKay is doing Jed McKay things, which is fine. Uh, like I, I listen, I like prerogative. Jed he made Jed McKay his himself. Why not? Jed McKay like is a consistent writer who like is tackling books and telling some good stories, you know what I mean? But occasionally like he does things like this where he's like, and then Clea, because Clea is amazing. She's <laughs> like, she's like, all right. So like old magic's not going to work on him. So I need new magic. I need to make my own spell. And normally that takes a real long time, but I'm me and I'm awesome. And she does. And I'm uh -huh. like, okay, technically she's sorcerer of room of two worlds right now. You get a pass. That's mm. what happened. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so she does in fact do that. And, uh, that's when the harvest man shows back up and she's like, we need to talk. And I'm like, okay. And now hopefully we'll get the reveal of who the harvest man is. Right. And so right. either, either the harvest man will reveal himself to be Dr. Strange, right. which is which too you, obvious. Just... I think it's too obvious for it to be the thing. Yeah. Because like the last page, like, you know, like the like preview image that they show is like a, a, um, skeletal, yellow begloved hand shooting out of the ground and i'm like i have a feeling that like the blasphemy cartel will try to use strange's body if right. they can get a hold of it but i was like i guess there is a body somewhere oh yeah there so, has to be yeah um maybe it is strange he's maybe they're taking a page out of the movie and he's he's like dream walking or whatever no i think they're gonna fill him with ghosts and make her fight him i don't know well that makes sense i mean we had that you just already. hate when you get filled with ghosts and you have to like I don't know, because aren't I not conscious when that happens? Isn't it just my body being puppeted? Yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't even have to. I wouldn't even know. But if like if there are ghosts, that means that you're a ghost. So maybe your ghost knows about it. And you're like, that's not that's, mm. that's just rude. I'd be pissed if, if just... I'd be pissed if I was filled with if my body was with ghosts and I wasn't one of them. Yeah. So it's a listen, it is a fun book. And um, like Clea being the Sorcerer Supreme, like is more that like she's like she doesn't want this. So, so either at the end of this we're going to pass it on to someone else or she's going to accept her role and we're going to have her for a while longer. But like, say, like isn't but she may not have a book. I don't know. We'll see. Mm, well, <laughs> it depends on the sales. I, uh, I wonder, isn't it interesting how we haven't seen her in like other books? Like we haven't seen a lot because you know, you, you, they changed his costume one time and they're like, put that in everything. She's in, um, cause Gillen's paying attention. Oh, so yeah, that's right. She went no, to the no, Hellfire. No, she was gala. in the Hellfire Gala. So like, it's not Gillen. Um, it was um, was it Duggan? I guess. Yeah. yeah who wrote the Hellfire Gala too? I think I it was know. Duggan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like they are paying attention. Yeah, they are paying. By the way, I went back and I looked again at Gillen's um, Judgment Day. I totally like did was not paying attention to a panel there, and it like it just like made me realize how brilliant he is when yeah. they have like the like massacre on Araco. there's like yeah. a panel that's pulled back and like the bodies are in like an x like oh the, my god i was like of course uranus would do that because uranus yeah yeah of course totally yeah. i also read um an interview with him that like yeah. he tweeted about that like he did this interview where he was like i'll try to answer questions but i really can't like about certain things sure. and like he's talking about like the tie-ins and working with people and like 
say what you will about events and say what you will about tie-ins because the fact is like i agree with you guys tie-ins are not good right right but like gillen really went out of his way to work with people in terms of like even like the x team so like because he's part of the x team right so like he's talking about working with um i think it's i think ewing's writing x-men red and so he's really messing with them right now right and like so he talked about what he wanted to do and ewing's like well i really want to do this so can you make sure this one thing happens and then i can take that and run with that Mm. so i was like oh my gosh are we communicating like (laughs) that's really exciting but in the interview he wrote like i wanted people to tie in and do stories with the concepts basically i wanted to have their ideas work back into the larger structure i want to feel i want this to feel fractal planned and structured even when it's improvised creativity between peers okay and i was like right now like this event someone's steering the ship right and it's Karen nice. gillen and like it's really nice to feel regardless of if you're going to get involved with this or like you're not going to read all the tie-ins just know like he tried his damnedest right whatever comes of it i'm I'm so excited so yeah that's nice (laughs) all right cool um something else i read yeah wait uh uh, let let me jump into some super chats okay prep that uh because max m says i just got the hit monkey trade for three bucks shout out to comic revolution in chicago evanston uh i think ben and ethan would really enjoy that story on back issues maybe they would and that would be it ben do i guess (laughs) <laughs> uh we have deadpool versus hit monkey that might be a thing um but otherwise i don't know man i don't, I don't think that's gonna happen uh what says whistling the comic book blues this afternoon bought heavy liquid by paul pope on uh used on amazon and it came all taped up like a library copy Rats. oh that yeah, sucks that will happen every once in a while at least you can read it but yeah yeah that's a shame anyway what do you got tiffany i read dc mech hmm I remember you, uh, you, you making fun of it, or at the very least, like I didn't make fun of pointing it. Pointing at it, pointing it out. I pointed it out. I pointed it out because it was funny because like Marvel had also done something sort of ish like yes, that. Avengers Tech on, which is yeah, thumbs up, yeah. Um, this is written by Kenny Porter with art by uh Baldemar Rivas. 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 Rivas? Um, yeah. Here it is. This was more fun than this had <laughs> any right to be. Can mm-hmm. I just tell you that? Yeah, like, yeah, please. Like, legitimately, I found myself enjoying this book, even though I went into it being like, ha, right, whatever, who cares, right? Obviously, we're doing like an alternate history style book. We don't okay. use the word Elseworlds anymore, right? Yeah, because um, why would we want to put a brand on it? Don't want to do that. Not that. It's just a limited series, right? Yeah. But like, it starts in the four, in like 1945, with the JSA, right? Okay. And like the war's over and it's awesome and it's dope. And that's when a parademon shows up, but it's huge. Right? Okay. Like they're literally celebrating the end of World War II and a parademon crashes into a building, right? Right. It's like a kaiju. Yeah. Right. So they all have to like fight it. And immediately, like Dr. Fate, the Sandman, and Johnny Thunder, they jump in there and they are, they're killed. Oh, no. The immediately. Sp- okay. In- immediately. They're dead, right? Everyone leaps into action um we're dealing with uh shaira is part of the jsa so that's important because she's our narrator (laughs) Ah. (laughs) um so inevitably the team manages to take it down but it takes literally everything they have and that's when they piece together that this is a scout and more coming and it's like it took everything we had and like there's only like uh green lantern starman wildcat flash and shaira make it out Mm -hmm. so like they lost most of the team 
right. in this battle. So it's like, now what? So what do they do? They give up being superheroes and they become scientists in order to figure out how to keep the earth safe. Right. Oh and I'm like, so it's, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. That's fun. So it's like Mean Pacific Rim. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, on Krypton, um, you know, like many decades later, Apocalypse right. has arrived and that's what destroys Krypton in this universe. Mm. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, like, it's an alternate reality, so I couldn't care less. It's right. <laughs> so essentially, in this, Jor-El uh, tried to warn them that Apocalypse was coming. Right. Well, like, uh, the, the planet or just The Dark planet. Oh, my God. Okay. Darkseid piloted the planet there and, like, has all these <laughs> ships, and it's Apocalypse itself that destroys it, right? Yeah. And so he tries to warn them. He's like, they are coming. And, like, yeah. no one on Krypton believes him, so he builds a rocket, a ship of sorts, Yep. And uh, he's going to send his son into space uh, to go to Earth. And essentially their plan is to send the baby because they're like, it's like the next spot that they think that they're going to hit is probably Earth. Right. Mm -hmm. So they want to send the kid there so they can warn them and hopefully yeah. put a stop to this. But they need him since it's going to be a couple of years. I guess they kind of like accelerate his aging. And they okay. also like the ship teaches him. And so he right. like will arrive at earth right like he arrives at earth as a young man okay ready to go gotcha right the ship is a mech oh god okay yeah that because makes sense. like they have mechs and like in this universe lara is one of the best pilots they have and so in like while they're like trying to shoot the rocket off like the last survivors of new genesis orion and big barda are there Mm -hmm. Even though really Barda's not from there, but whatever, she's part of that right. team now. Mm -hmm. Um, but like they're trying, they're gonna hold up the parademons as long as they can. Lara and Jorel get into their mechs and they're like fighting <laughs> off like parademons as the like Superman-esque looking mech shoots off to Earth, right? Okay. Uh, in which uh Kellex proceeds to teach Kalel what he needs to know when he gets there. We okay. flash forward to like the now, the today of like Metropolis where uh, a bunch of villains are robbing Star Labs in their mechs because mechs are a thing. So, like, Captain Cold is there and, like, Captain Boomerang is there, right? And they're all in their, like, themed mechs. Okay. Flash shows up to deal with them. It's not going well. So Batman, of course, shows up in his mech. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they fight. It's so stupid. It's so silly. Uh, Darkseid is, in fact, planning on, like, uh, attacking Earth. Along the way, they've taken down, um, I think, Ron. I think that okay. they did attack them um so like they've just progressing as they go but like the population of earth will like finish off his anti-life equation so it's like the last thing he needs okay but, like sure. when they sent scouts there to try to set up additional scouts to try to set up like the boom tube that's large enough to get the entire apocalypse army and yes. apocalypse through they were destroyed by the uh -huh. mechs right that they had yeah. that they have built right yeah um, so what they do is they send, they're like, okay, send three more scouts to kind of prep the way and we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Right. Okay. Or maybe to set up a new thing. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. So they show up. Batman immediately is like, it's happening. The thing we were all afraid it's happening now. Uh, send up anything, any, everyone who can get here. Yeah. No one else shows up. It's just Barry and Batman. And basically like not Barry, it's Wally. Oh. Um, and essentially they're like, we're going to die. But yeah. we're going to try to take them down as much as we can because, like, these guys aren't quite mechs. They're, like, more... They're techno-organic. Okay. So, like, Batman's got, like, an EMP, but that's not going to work on them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, of course, 
in their darkest hour. Arrives. Super Mac arrives, immediately takes them down. And they're kind of like, have you ever seen anything like that in our lives? No. That's when Cal steps out in like the all white style suit with like the black logo on it. It's like, hey, hello. Hi, it's me. <laughs> Batman's like, hey, screw you. And he's like, uh, okay. I listen, I just got into range to get English. I'm it, did I offend you? I right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh-huh. I did. But Batman's like essentially like screw you because like my godmother taught me like not to trust aliens and i'm like is shaira batman's godmother in this universe because alfred and his godmother are helping to build mechs for batman yeah which i'm like i kind of love it it's so silly and it's so over the top but i i gotta tell you like I found it to be quite enjoyable. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's a limited series. It's only going to be six issues, I believe. I have um, a feeling. So if you like mechs, this, I thought this was a pretty well-written story and like gives you like a little something different. It gives you an alternate history. And so like, there's a little bit of like mystery, like, oh, who's going to show up? Who's this character going to be? Like, are, is like, they mentioned that like, um, General Lane, I think it's General Lane, is working with Steve Trevor. So I'm like, are there Amazonian oh. mechs? Like, of course, Themyscarian like, mechs. Yeah, I, I got invisible say, mechs. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not the biggest mech person typically, but this was fun. <laughs> yeah, there's no way there isn't gonna have like a huge like dark side's gonna show up he's gonna be huge and then he's gonna get hit in the face and you're gonna be like where did that come from and then it like shivers and it becomes like a it's I, an invisible mech from maybe Themyscira. apocalypse will turn into a mech itself i don't know yeah it'll be a dark side mech. Yeah. No <laughs> atlantean doubt. mechs there you go yeah that was there in the go. chat I see love you guys wrote this it's yeah easy enough so it's silly so if you if you are into that kind of thing it's it is fun it is admittedly yeah. fun and it's a limited series so it's not a big commitment it's just six issues so yeah. check it out uh all right so wait um, do you want me to do my last one real quick because i'm not gonna talk that. about it because it's it's the end of the book oh that's right yay but i read this it's uh you can't one see dark it. night one dark night by jock uh this wraps it up this is book three it's a black label book um it wraps up pretty quickly and okay. i feel like it took too unfortunately there was a, too big a gap for me between issue two and three but i definitely mm-hmm. remembered everything that was going on that image you see on the cover of batman with this like crazy cowl is completely explained in this book <laughs> i cool. freaking love it i love that jock got to draw this essentially batman gets the crap beaten out of him and like it like really ruins his cowl and so he takes it and he fashions it and he like ties it onto his face <laughs> like a mask with like okay yeah, cool it's kind of dope looking it's like batman goes through the freaking ringer in this and um and then it wraps up like and it's over and like it's a pretty satisfying ending and uh i i listen on the back of this book it says down here in the filth and dirt of gotham is where i need to stay there's more to that quote in the book but Mm -hmm. like if it made you think of dark knight returns i think that's because that's what it's supposed to make you think of gotcha it is that tone so if you like the tone of dark knight returns um that grim that gritty that like narrative batman um a batman who like well it wasn't always batman narrating because often carrie kelly would be narrating yeah in that book but like a book that like relies a bit on the narration to like you know let you know that batman like loves his city or like you know <laughs> thinks about like the the villainy or whatever this is a book for you. Uh, I really enjoyed it because I do like the tone of Dark Knight Returns um, quite a bit, but it's from the perspective of Jock. It's written, drawn, colored, all of it. It's a one-man team here. Nice. Um, which I, I think there was a bit of a delay there, I'm sure. Um, 
because it's like it's a lot to do right oh sure um yeah. it's fun and i think it's gonna read best now that it's over oh like sure. you if you go grab issues one two and three your local comic book store might have them um i think you have a really good time with it i will say nice. it's black label though don't forget it's 17 plus <laughs> right. there's also like a surprise villain who shows up in this issue oh, i was cool. like what oh okay nice it's, it's ruined immediately on the back of the book but okay well don't look at the back of the book <laughs> <laughs> uh but don't forget you will not see his penis so you know at least they'll be spared that because we know that you know that... it, it, it would be horribly offensive if that were to be the thing that was mentioned somewhere in this in something <laughs> i don't remember where I, what i was reading but it mentioned something about drawing a naked batman it could it could be jock being like fuck that <laughs> where did i read that oh man now i, I like want to know i know i'll try to figure that out you go ahead yeah well too bad the one says is there any chance that we're going to get static season one on back issues i i don't think so and uh i do think it's i i think that uh static season one is is good but i like the other one better and i already did that one <laughs> uh you know that's 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 all i can say about that i i do like it but like i'm not wild about the new milestone the the new milestone documentary came out recently and, uh, and when i say recently i mean like the other day i watched a good like 25 30 minutes of it um i felt and this is of course from the perspective of a cis white male so take that as you will but i i felt it was a little bit of Dwayne mcduffie erasure oh <laughs> well he's in it you know like they can't not talk about Dwayne mcduffie but like felt a little like they were trying like a little bit of revisionist history hmm. and that's kind of funny because like the milestone guys couldn't help them it's like they loved giving interviews so like you could just watch any other documentary or interview with the milestone guys to see a more honest picture of what it was like to create milestone. And for mm -hmm. that documentary felt a little more like, mm. Oh yeah. That's looking a little shinier. I mean, and, and I may be wrong, but I, uh, I turned it off after 30 minutes after they said something where I'm like, that's just not, true mm. you know mm. we're like Dwayne mcduffie wrote the bible and then they were like actually we all wrote the bible from and i'm like no you didn't and you were on record saying that that sucks what the hell that sucks no that really does suck it, it yeah damn it uh but again i don't i don't want to like i, you know, I don't want to speak ill of anybody i'm just saying like, yeah felt a little revisionist mm. and uh you know it felt like uh everybody who survived was like all right we got an opportunity here to like paint a new picture of what this is all about and i'm mm. like okay well enjoy your documentary mm. anyway batman though uh batman detective comics number 10 you ended up reading it damn it <laughs> 1062 uh by the way new logo for detective comics i showed this to tiffany she was like oh i freaking love that logo i think it is beautiful yeah it's uh it's a new um it's a new logo it's from the guy who makes all the logos for dc now no it is it absolutely is and like i he's done some good stuff and some eh stuff but like this yeah, no, as yeah, this yeah. is 
great. I love the entire treatment of the cover. It makes it feel yes. like like more literary. Um, yep. I, I want to believe this is the new aesthetic for Detective Comics. I, it yeah. should be. And if it isn't, then you have time to fix it. Make this the new aesthetic for Detective Comics. Yeah. Sets it apart entirely. Makes it feel indispensable. It's written by Rom V with art by Raphael Albuquerque. Oh. Did you did you read the backup? I did not. Damn it. I haven't you, either. You are going to lose it. Uh, so this is... it. When does this take place? Who cares? Like, it is... This feels like a Batman comic from, like, the mid to late 90s that you found with, like, a film over the cover in a long box somewhere for like a for 50 cents you're like whoa how'd they get away with this and like, i don't mean like it's pushing the envelope or it's changing everything no but like, like batman reptilian it. where it was like a relic yeah it feels like a relic but like in but in the best way you know okay. like because Raphael albuquerque is channeling you know art styles like klaus jansen and uh you know just this this these good down in the dirt grit batman feels but it also of course takes place in the now so like batman you know he's he's only a millionaire and he lives in a brownstone but like if you don't care about that you could just be like no he's just in a brownstone right now whatever um but batman is uh you know he's doing his thing he's he's taking down some some smugglers he bumps into uh sal maroney's like nephew but turns out it's not his nephew he's actually a horrible monster and then uh, that monster fights Batman and he like grabs and hurts Batman. And then Talia shows up and Batman deals with Talia. And I'm like, Oh God, Talia enough of the Talia's. But um, Talia only shows up to be like, yeah, you're not prepared. This thing is older than dirt and older than Lazarus and da 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 da. You should watch out. Batman like checks himself out. He's like, maybe I've been infected. I don't feel right. You know? And so he's like, he's, he's investigating himself. Everything's normal. Everything's seemingly normal. He calls uh Nightwing. Uh, basically just to be like, did you hear anything? Have you heard, like, do you know anything? You know, but, but it feels like he's trying to connect with someone. Um, Batman is much more like affable and friendly, but not like in a jokey Bendisy kind of way, which I still like. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like uh, it, they want you to feel that Batman's a little older and a little more like tired, but not like in The Detective, which in, in which it's like an alternate Dark Knight Returns future where he is old. Like, mm. But he's like, he's he's like, I'm feeling there's something like I was supposed to do something in a certain amount of seconds. I was three seconds longer than that. And Dick is just like, well, maybe it's because you're too old for doing that. And he's like, don't maybe come down there. <laughs> um, and it's just cute to see like that. But yeah, Batman, like it's just Batman kind of like testing his limits and realizing that like, you know, there, there's some things beyond his control. Uh, but like there's the, 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 the Albuquerque pencils and inks, especially the inks. And I, I don't think that's him, but uh, you know, I'm going to give credit because like the inks are noticeable. They're very like strong. Um, it's Dave Stewart on colors. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's just him. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I think it's Albuquerque. That makes sense because I think Albuquerque likes to do his own stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just it feels like like a Jansen book. It feels like a like an old Alan Grant, rest in peace, uh, uh, Batman book. Mm. Um, but uh, but Rom V gets it. Like he gets the tone. He's giving him his own kind of like feeling. He's giving him his own kind of like there, tone, voice. Yeah, there attitude. is something about the fact that you like having not read it. You mentioned yeah. Batman. You mentioned like monster older than dirt and yeah. you mentioned talia so that immediately makes me think of the doom that came to gotham 
Oh yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look or feel anything like the Doom <laughs> okay. Doom, which okay. is getting an animated movie by the way. I am uh, so excited. Yeah, but we are getting. I mean, we introduce the the book opens with like a kind of play that takes place in Gotham. Okay, it's like an opera. It's it's this big that like, makes kind sense of, for that cover because that cover it has like some straight up op- operatic vibes. Oh, absolutely! No, the opera is there. Like, there's this woman who dies. This masked figure is lamenting her, but there's this looming giant disfigured bat creature that's looming over him that's going to kill both of them. Um, there's a seat reserved for Bruce Wayne who doesn't take it, and it's like, was he even invited? Are they trying to send a message? But uh, you know, and then we go to like, you know, we're dealing with. Uh, we're dealing with like palaces with labyrinths and, 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 and puzzles and, and characters named Arzen. And then like something I would really like, you would love it. It's not my cup of like, we're getting, we're, we go off the reservation for me where I'm like, okay, like we're dealing with like, with, with scrolls and women in ornate costumes that are yeah. being like, we're going to rebuild our legacy, my child. Like you, we're going to blood and fortune and blah. And I'm like, okay, here well, we go. That, that's got like some Legends of the Dark Knight feels then. Yes. Like, oh like- no. And that's, but like the thing is, you know, we see like this, we, we see that like there's a ritualistic murder that takes place of like one of their like agents who's also like a Gothamite and uh, Batman has like a vision. And when he uh, he's overwhelmed by this vision of like a bat creature that blasts out of him and the creature calls itself Barbatos. And it's what? like, what? oh, but like, but this is not Scott Snyder's barbados this isn't even grant morrison's barbados this is peter milligan's barbados this is the original barbados like it's it's a it's a it's a gothic lovecraftian thing that's mostly just like a bat that's like you're mine and it's like not that he wrote there's no dragons or you know goddamn bullshit it's just batman nothing wrong with dragons in comics ethan no i know (laughs) i know but uh yeah but batman like it, it it's it feels so much like a batman comic and uh and just the the art and the writing meld so perfectly together the uh the the backup is called jim gordon in the coda written by simon spurrier with art by danny so it's a jim gordon story written yay by <laughs> it's not a batman right, book well, I, it's I a gordon book. i should have picked up a physical of this when i was at the comic book store and i guess i'll have to the next time we I'm will there. have to uh the lettering and the like the juxtaposition of lettering and art is is superb it's the exact thing you want to see from a freaking gordon book uh gordon does look a little worse for wear he's a little older in this but sure whatever it's Listen, spurrier so you know it's going to go knows how to knock someone down and like write a noir-esque feeling thing so yeah but it's nice to see gordon <sighs> on his own but uh rom seems to get it man and he's taking look rom's taking some big swings but not in a way like he's taking big swings that are like well he's like, writing seeming well he's seemingly innovative but it's like it's just what they would have done 30 years ago yeah and and that today is like whoa and well, it's yeah, just it- like it's that it's the fact that it's like we really haven't done too much supernatural in a while, but like in a while, but like Batman intrinsically has had a connection to the supernatural. Like, yes, there are so many Batman stories where he has to deal with something supernatural, and it's great because being a man of science, yeah, it, like no, it seeing puts... Batman, 
it, it feels like the dead man crossover and yes. stuff like that. Like, but it's exactly not thinking. Yeah, it's 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 not. But it doesn't. It's not trying to do anything other than what it is. It's not trying to like build a universe and, sure. or 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 help DC like make a, a billion dollars this quarter. It's just boom. It's just mm. just Batman. Yeah. So, uh, which is funny because normally it ebbs and flows Batman detective, but this is Zadarsky's Batman and Rom V's detective, and it's like, will we be buying two bat books a month? Or bi-monthly, wow. I don't know how often they come out, but like, wow, especially if you can keep, I mean, Albuquerque was born to draw Batman stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Danny does a great job too, by the way, but it's just so different. And I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that she's not on this main book. Cause it just totally, I don't think it would have fit, but okay. this is, but the backup though, the Gordon book, I mean, it's only three parts by the way. So we're only getting like three story, three issues of Gordon, but good, keep it, keep it trim, keep like, make it. Like but like Spurrier doesn't get enough. He doesn't get enough work, in my opinion. Like he's such a prolific writer, and like I just, I really wish that Hellblazer book had sold better because Did like I tell that you, was we talked about so this? good. The fact that uh, you know during during the lockdowns we had Garth Ennis on like a show like this on this channel, and uh, we're talking, and I don't remember if it was on mic or off mic, but we're chatting about um, his 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 career, and uh, it's very tight lipped kind of interview because it's very much like it's done to promote the tko book uh sarah which by the way is still excellent you should read it mm-hmm. uh and he's doing a sequel as i understand it but like Ooh. um but we're talking about you know his career and we talked about hellblazer a little bit and uh and i mentioned that uh, you know i was like hey did you have a chance to actually read the new hellblazer book he's like no no i'm not reading it and i go spurrier's writing it and he went oh <laughs> <laughs> And he said, oh, Cy's doing it? And I said, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll have to check it out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, guess, you know, I, I like that there's there's some kind of, like, camaraderie that, like, he's he's a fan. Yeah. Or at the very least that he's, like, he's a colleague. He perceives him as a colleague. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I, would, I would love to get something signed by him if he was ever anywhere. That would be. I, I'm surprised we have never seen him, but I, I think he's just he's an Englishman and he's not around. No, like, it's it's so fair, it's so true. Um, yeah, like I, I, that, that would be I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't know what to say because I know I've been I trying to get him on the show, and I know that like you would, you're like, don't put him on I, the show. Yeah, well, you can talk to him, but I can't talk to him. I can't. I don't. I don't I know can't. his work like you do. I can't. There's like certain. There's some people when you meet them, it's like you just know how incredible they are. And you like, met what, Gillen, and you talk to him on on camera. I know. Well, it was like a, 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 a you know, that was a, one of those, you better do it. Or it was a live or die moment. Like we were there, <laughs> like you had made the appointment. I couldn't not do it. Like yeah. we were in person. I couldn't just go. No, no, never yeah. mind. I was so scared. I was so I scared know. to interview him. Tynan less so, which is yes. funny now because now he's like a Eisner running. Um, he's a author. two time. I was way less afraid to talk to Tynan. I was terrified to talk to Gillen. And the same thing would be Cy Spurrier. I couldn't do it. Oh, I couldn't yeah. do it. No. Yeah. Uh, Rishi Venkatesh says Superman Secret Identity back issues at some point someday, but I'm not in any rush to do that one. I, I like it, but I'm not like, I don't know. There's some episodes where I'm like, I know this is going to be a fun one. And there are somewhere I'm like, this will be a cool one, I guess, one day. Uh, Potassium to the heart. Hello. Off topic. A while back, Tiffany recommended X-Men Phoenix as my first X-Men read. I haven't uh, started it yet, but I'm intimidated. Help. Did Love I? Supergirl. Uh, looking forward to Wednesday's video. Did um, I do that? I, I feel like I think yes I think you did recommend Phoenix at least as far as like if you like X Men you maybe you'll enjoy the Phoenix saga because oh, like it's set in the, okay you know but yeah um, don't be intimidated uh, just jump in don't be afraid listen and here's why. 
because unlike when a lot of older books were written and like things felt like they were impenetrable you literally live in a digital age so like if you're reading and all of a sudden you're like all right i clearly i can't use context clues i can't figure out what's going on here just look it up yeah just 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 look really quickly like there's always a like marvel fandom or a wiki page about it. you can just read a little quick synopsis of it you don't have to do a deep dive but like you know what that's like one of those things where it's like you don't know where it's going to lead you like you might start reading this book and be like okay like i'm enjoying this but i really want to know more about this and that yeah. might jump you to something else for sure that's true i was i actually i saw a like reddit post the other day that was talking about um god it was like a lot of people talk about their like favorite or, or like what books to read you know a lot of people make like recommendations about what what like what comics they should read for their first book and everybody always recommends the same thing where it's like kingdom come or dark knight returns and blah blah, blah. and it's like yeah that's true like those are great recommendations. And a lot of people are curated on those recommendations, right? Their entire like comic sensibilities are built on recommending like the greatest works of all time. But like the diehard fans, like the, the fans who know it all, who make those recommendations, their first issue was like spectacular Spider-Man 172. It was which something like random. Part two of a three-part Puma story. Like, and that's genuinely like, I think that's still the best way to read comics. I think the best recommendation you can make for somebody is the deep end of a character that, you know, they're going to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because it will also trigger the truest sense of being a comic book fan, which is the hunt. Mm -hmm. Because like, if you are like, you're a kid, let's say you're 11, right. Or you're talking to an 11 year old in a controlled safe environment. And like, you're like, and they're, and they're like, what should I read? You go, who's your favorite character? And yeah. they'll get, they're going to answer you whether they're, whether they're honest or not, because they don't know who their favorite character is. They're going to tell you what their favorite costume is. Mm -hmm. And then you recommend an issue that is dope, has great art, solid writing, and is part three or two of like an eight part or four part story. And you give them that one issue because what they're going to do is they're going to read that issue and then they're going to read it again and again and again. And they're going to imagine what's mm -hmm. going to happen in part four, or they're going to yep. wonder what happened in part one. And they're going to then trigger their brain to use context clues, to answer those questions, use critical thinking skills that are right now dormant, but need nurturing and water. And then what if you, what if you open their horizon? What if they find themselves, they're driving with their parents and they pass a comic book store or they're, you know, the mom's getting their nails done. And there's a comic shop right next door. Oh mom, give me four bucks and I'll be right back. And then they go in and they're looking for that one issue because they remember that issue. They've read it 17 times and they know what issue that is. They go through the long box and looking for it. Hey, do you have such and such? No, I don't. But you know what I do have is this. And then they read that and then they go down this rabbit hole. And eventually, who knows? Maybe they never get part one of that story arc or they do it when they're 30 and they're like, oh my God, I, now I can finally figure out how this 40 year old story finally ends. But right. like they're already in it. That that is comics and it's like that's the recommendation you should be making it's it's so true i mean to be fair though with x-men it is a little harder to do that because they oh, are but, but every, every no, issue is pretty every x every issue is like that but i would do old x-men because yeah. old x-men are unconcerned about sales story arcs trades yeah. they're just, they're just like oh, this is just part 908 of, a, of, yeah. an, of an unending like torrent of stuff that i will never see the light of additionally i would say and like so there might be x-men people out there who are going to crucify me for saying this but like i think it's not a bad way to do it but like 
check out a little bit of the animated series because what it's going to do is it's going to put certain words, terms, and characters in your vernacular. Even if it's not 100% accurate, it's going to feel a little more familiar. So as you discover truth behind it and more story behind it, you already have a little bit of a comfort level. You know, totally. it, it's like, it's pretty accessible in that way. It, yes. It's funny you're talking about like that, like hunt for things because like I do that all the time. Like I have right now sitting on my desk, like an invincible, a random invincible Iron Man issue that yes. like, is part three of like a, like a three issue, like little arc. And I'm like, I want the rest of this. I have yeah. to find the rest of this. And it's like, I could technically just go online and try to find it and buy it, but I'd rather look for it. Yeah. I want to hunt for this. Well, it's going to be hard to find. Cause that's like a weird era. But I know. Yeah. I, I know, really I want this. And I really want to talk about it with you guys at one point. <laughs> I agree. Max M says any hints on the upcoming back issues or else exchange also just join the discord. It's a great way to engage with the population. I agree with you, man. Um, the discord is a great conversation starter. I'm thinking about making some changes. We'll see. But in the meantime, uh, back issues is going to be uh, Tiffany led uh, Supergirl. Like that's, that's happening. Um, so that's going to be this week. Uh, as far as Elseworlds, uh, Joel and Joel's returning uh, to the Elseworlds exchange uh, for uh, this Friday in which we're going to try and like s- save the comic book industry. That's the topic. Uh, or at least that's like more. It's, or just, less a, it's just a small topic. Yeah. Very cool. light, very light kind of conversation. <laughs> um, here's an invitation to the discord. If you are interested in joining. Yeah. Um, we just did a purge to get rid of some bots and some, un- uh, you know, on, un- on, un- on, un- conversational people we might have not done it the correct way so it's true if you got kicked out don't be insulted it's just we didn't quite understand the options there so apologies first of all if you were someone who was lurking and didn't want to converse that's on us it's totally on us please rejoin yeah if you want like uh so yeah uh let's recommend some comics that are coming out this week that we think that you should pick up okay obviously batman yeah batman 126 new zadarsky batman I got to read it. It's 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 going to be great. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number three is coming out. Now, the title has been changed, but they didn't change the cover yet. So uh, there you go. I want to say, because I, I they, they announced that at San Diego Comic-Con, the Dark Crisis is now changed to Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I remember them saying, like, I can't believe they changed it midstream. I want to say that Josh told me that that was going that that was intentional and it was going to be like a surprise. That it was like deliberate that like halfway through they're gonna go, actually it's called this, but I don't remember if that's true or if I'm just like incepting myself. Mm. Um, but I do know that Josh always intended for this to be like a sequel to Christ and Infinite Earths, so it makes sense for this to be like called that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dark Christ and Infinite Earths number three is coming out. I'm excited. It's the Green Lantern core versus the Dark Army. That sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm and I'm enjoying uh, uh, Sam Pear's art. Uh, DC versus Vampires number eight. This is a book I couldn't care less about anymore. I've really like fallen off on this. Maybe because it's intermittent schedule. Maybe it's because of the weird like release of side stories that are called that. Mm, Maybe it's because of like the like intermittent art that changes randomly that doesn't tonally work. Maybe it's because Comixology is the only place I buy it and I can't effing read it on that thing and it just it soured my experience. But who knows? Uh, either way, it's a book that I think is still good, but I'm losing steam on it fast. Uh, Flashpoint Beyond number four. I haven't read number three, but I'm, I, I do enjoy this series, so check that out. Um, and uh, Batman Killing Time number six is another book where I'm like, I don't have time. But I do like it, and I think it's good. So check that out. Uh, I'm hearing great rumblings about uh, One Bad Day, Riddler number one. Uh, 
I, I, I don't think that comes out for another while, but like, I know people are fucking reading it. And I'm like, uh, hello. I review these things for a living and I know you and yet no free book. I'll buy it again. But uh, how come these randos get to read this? Book? Uh, I like these things. I would like to you know, don't what know the right people. Evident. I do know. I, I think the person who wrote the damn thing should be <laughs> send me this thing. But uh, in any case, it's fine. I don't, I'll, I'll wait like everybody else. I'm happy to do it. Whatever whatever no no offense taken anyway please tiffany take it away what else we got um this is a heavy week for me There's, yes it is like this is the past two weeks were a little light and then this week i was like oof feeling this one moon Knight number 14 is coming out so yep. gonna have to read that because i do like this story quite a bit um, and then there's going to be a couple of x titles i believe out of them legion x number four is not a tie-in or related to judgment day so just as a heads up, you can grab that if you're not reading Judgment Day. Um, but Immortal X-Men number five is going to be a tie-in. Um, uh-huh. Because, you know, it, that's pretty obvious. It's written by Kieran Gillen. So, yeah. X-Men Red uh, number five, also going to be a tie-in, which makes total sense because of what just happened on Araco. I'm like, Great cover, by the way. It's, it's a, a fantastic cover. I love that cover. It looks so good. Uh, Ghost Rider number five is coming out. So if you're like reading Ghost Rider, check that out. I really want to grab this but i'm also afraid with all the other books i have to read that one might fall to the wayside um same with poison ivy number three i really like this poison ivy series um but there's just like i said like it's just a heavy heavy week so we'll see we'll see what i can do yeah um for my once in future fans number 28 is going to be coming out uh the closet number three it's a tynan story this is it it's a, it's yes. a three issue story so you can nice. check that out um you can grab the rest of it uh if you'd like x-men 92 is coming out it's number three in that series it's like the uh animated series if they did krakoa instead right how, how would that work out uh so that's kind of a fun one i guess that one's also not tied in but it's also not really necessarily part of the main story so it's mm -hmm. you, you get where i'm going with this one and i, I think that well might... what about a legacy of x or are you off that book oh it's, I, it was legion of x Oh, I'm sorry, Legion. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was thinking Legacy for some reason. No, no, I, I got that one. Um, what is this Azrael book? The Sword of Azrael, the Dark Knight of the Soul? Yeah, there's another Azrael book coming out. I, I, I don't know anything about it, but it is debuting. Uh, let's see who's making it. Dan Waters and yep. uh, Nicola Sijmezia. I, I kind of no like the, the cover. That's what honestly caught my eye. I think the Say Your Prayers. <laughs> You say that me? that's what the that's what the tagline is oh i just saw the art for it i didn't see the tagline that's amazing by the way hey dc uh joe Casada don't work for marvel no more you want to get him to draw some more cool Azrael covers please is that what you want i would love to see that are you kidding me yeah oh also sorry demon wars the iron samurai number one is coming out ah finally that, that's a peach momoko book oh okay back off i love that that world that she's crafted it's true yes you do <laughs> i have no problem again i have nothing against it yeah i'm 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 in i'm like yes yes yeah yes More, please. yes yes but uh that. is that it <laughs> yes for now okay. i'm sure there were more but i was scrolling quickly yeah, no doubt. But uh, listen, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Next week, 
Monday around 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Uh, we're going to be doing this show again. So hopefully you'll join us. Uh, we like to do the show live and have you guys hang out with us. Uh, so thank you very much to our Super Chatters for sponsoring today's show. Thank you for everybody who's in the chat for chatting it up and being respectful of each other. Thank you everybody for uh, subscribing and liking this video. We're lucky to have you. And don't forget to check out twitch.tv slash comic pop to watch Tiffany play video games on usually Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But who yeah. knows what's going to happen this week. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys here on this channel. And of course on youtube.com slash comic pop because Wednesday we're dropping a full on one and a half hour long episode in which Tiffany is going to talk all about uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. I promise you at least one person is going to weep uh, on screen for your viewing pleasure. So check that out as well. Also, uh, we didn't or, have this when we shot it. So <laughs> that's right. But you know, it didn't really matter. No, I did. We you did know, the okay. only thing the, the only thing we didn't get was like a lot of Ethan looking through it. And, I know. Like, I know. But, I couldn't let him do it. Yeah, that's I okay. Was I was afraid you'd lose. You'd lose your place. We used yeah. to, when early, very early on the show, I used to use an iPad for the for the digital books, and it was like it was just like a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for Tiffany for joining me, and of course, of course. we'll see you guys next time with an all new episode. Uh, so long, everybody. Bye. Bye.